Before we get started, I want to talk about sponsors that help make this show possible. I've partnered with swimming companies that can serve our international audience. I'm giving away not one, but two Swim Nerd Pace Clocks on the first night of US Olympic trials. Find the link in the show notes to enter. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment, or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. One of the best ways to build power in the pool is by using a tower. I got introduced to Chuck Destro. Because of the way Chuck designed them, they can break down and ship in a much smaller box so they can ship anywhere in the world for a reasonable price. Use code BRETT at checkout and save $150 on a double swim tower. That means if you order two, you can save $300. Order four, save $600. Go to destromachines.com to get your team stronger in the water today. Chica Rego, how are you, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Like that little intro? Yeah, it's new. <laughs> I was waiting the beat. I'm trying out a new platform, man. You're the first person on the platform, and there's a crowd as well. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, it's all good, man. How are you doing? Good. Pretty good. I'm honored to be here, though. I told you this before. It's like... It's amazing to be part of this. <laughs> oh, well, listen, man, you've got a, an incredible story. I think one that needs to be told. Um, you know, I, look, I get questions all the time from people overseas asking me, hey, Brett, how can I get to America? How can I coach in America? And there's no real simple answer to that question. But I think if people listen and study your story, maybe there's a way in that you can kind of help them with because because you had the same question, right? Uh, there was a question. <laughs> <laughs> so we met at a coaches forum, coaches clinic, uh, you know, mm -hmm. coaches educational series down in Brazil. They asked me to come down. I believe it was, was it 2015 or 2014? 2014. We were there at Thanksgiving 2014. Thanksgiving 2014. They, they asked me to come down for five days and do a coaches seminar, help uh, educate coaches or, you know, have conversations with mm -hmm. coaches. And and you were part of that group. How many were in that group at the time? Uh, total was, I think, was 121. But between swimming, gymnastics and track and field for swimming, it was, I would say, I think, uh, 40 and then 20 or were like had a developmental group and 20 or the high performance group. And I was part of the high performance group. And so what was it you guys were doing at the time? What, what were you getting? It was called the Brazilian Coaches Academy. It was kind of like the, the Olympic Committee put together like a, a like it was it was two years, a two year course. Actually, it was there was enough like like hours to be considered a master's degree, but didn't have the the like the certification to be a master's degree. Right. And then but, but like it, it, it was yeah, classes like it was pretty much like a specialization course in high performance sport, we'd say. Right. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I came down for the last part of that where you guys were finishing off the certification. And uh, I met with the 20 coaches, and, and they're all very high-level coaches mm -hmm. uh, in Brazil, some of, some of the best coaches in the world, really, mm -hmm. in swimming. And um, So how did you end up getting selected into that group? So my, my I got in maybe kind of like last minute. It was something like we, we, we went to a test, and the test was fine, but, like, at the time, I didn't have that many results like in my career compared to some other coaches to be selected. And then Ricardo Demora was at the time was the, the federation like head of swimming. He had two spots to fill in with people that he would kind of like maybe consider like promising coaches or something. 
And then he picked me and as one, like, so I got in, I didn't have a couple of national medals at the time and all that kind of stuff, but like nothing that was like too expressive. So I got in as like a, a, a promising coach, someone that would like to, to develop with all the high level coaches that were there, like people with world records, like champ, uh, world championship medals and all that kind of stuff. So I was part of that kind of like as a promise. So yeah, it was, that's how I got selected. Right. Awesome. Awesome. And so we end up, I get, I go down there for the course and, and uh, it was great you know, interacting with all the, the coaches and stuff, mm -hmm. but it was a particular day where you had approached me and basically said, Hey, I want to be a coach in America. How can I do it? Right. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, I, I've been, I was applying to, to jobs and stuff like, and of course, like nobody would hire a foreigner with no visa, no anything. It's, it's, it's not a liability, but like, it's just like a lot of bureaucracy that you have to go to, to bring someone from outside of the U.S. to work here. But like, and then I, I did approach you and, I, and asked like, how do you do? And then you told me that, I said, yeah, okay, it'll be hard to come in as a full-time, someone full-time hired. And I remember asking you, oh, what about as a volunteer? And then your answer was like, well, volunteer is easy. I have a spot for you. Do you want? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I called my mom and cause like we, we had a, a I had, so my dad died in 1990 and the life insurance money came in 2014. So oh, wow. that money was sitting there for a while. So I was about to open a, a functional training gym back home because swimming in Brazil doesn't, you do, it's really hard to work full time in swimming. There's only a few coaches that are there. So you gotta do something else to make money. So I'm about to open a gym. So I had some money sitting and I called my mom. So like, this guy here said, if I wanna go to Auburn to, to be a volunteer with them, I can. What do you think? And she's like, "Is that what you want to do for your life? I think you should go." So <laughs> I end up. I it, in the meantime, like some other kind of like possibilities came in. There was a possibility with Switzerland, going to Switzerland and all that kind of stuff. But like, I I applied to to the English course there to go in with a student visa, and I showed up in March March seventh. I was on campus. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's one of the things I said to you. I said, look, I have a volunteer position available. Um, I actually have a GA position available as well where, you know, you can study. I can help you study if you're interested in that. And I think at the time you weren't super interested in studying. You you wanted to be a coach, but you were, you were certainly looking for a way in. And, mm -hmm. and I thought, well, this is an easy way in for me. I can bring you on as a graduate assistant. You can you can get a master's degree. And you can volunteer helping out the team at the same time. So I just said to you, I basically just put it all on you. I just said, look, if you mm -hmm. want to do this, I'm the head coach at Auburn University and you want to do it, then uh, make it happen. And then I remember it was just a couple of months later, like you said, where I get this email from you and, and, and you're basically like, hey, I'm, I'm in, I'm coming. And I was like, wow, like I couldn't believe that somebody had actually <laughs> gone through with the process of... <laughs> of doing this and so i had to obviously honor my my situation i just <laughs> if you can get into school so what was the process like for actually getting into school that so I, you're right i did i didn't even think about because in my head was like kind of like now looking back now it's kind of silly like i thought like yeah three months as a volunteer in auburn like english course will be done three months a volunteer i'll be applying for jobs and people will get me in which like it's it's not how it works like you gotta have it's your work visa and everything and then I remember one of the GAs were, were like was was done. And then I asked you on the pool decks, like, hey, how does GA position truly works? And then you basically said, kind of like, yeah, get get into the grad school and the position's yours. And right after that practice, we were at practice, and right after that, I walk up to the kinesiology department, which is right behind the pool, and then I knock on the door of Dr. Rudso, which is the director of kinesiology. She never saw me in her life. And I poked my head in and said, like, do you have a minute? And it's like, I'm Chico. Like, I'm from Brazil. Like, Brett down there said if I got in grad school, I have a GA position. Like, how do I do to get in? <laughs> and, then, and then she, oh, you want to get in? So you got to take the GRE and apply. What's your background? Say, I have, a, like, a degree in physical education. So I have all, like, the needs for, for kinesiology to, to the, the prerequisitions for kinesiology. And then she said, all right, apply and then take the GRE and and we go from there, get like recommendations letter, whatever. And then I guess you wrote a recommendation letter, Ozzy, and then one of the English teachers that I have at the time. Like two weeks later, this was probably like, I don't know, maybe this was like early April. Two weeks later, I took the GIE. And then two weeks after that, I got accepted in grad school. Wow. <laughs> so it was something quick. And I remember you telling me, so like, dude, like, I, I, 
I will not trip or get in because people take a year to do that. And I'm saying like, nobody never told me to take that long. So I, I just figured out a way. So that was basically it. That's how I got in school there. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. It did happen fast. I remember yeah. thinking to myself, there's no way this guy's going to get into grad school in <laughs> months. And then boom, you, you had you knocked, yeah, a month. You knocked on the right doors. You talked to the right people. You have asked. You were asking people for recommendations and, and mm. the process just happened quick. And then next minute you're accepted into grad school. What was the program you got accepted into? It was uh, exercise science with a concentration in exercise physiology. So it was a two years master degree there, which originally I would do with, uh, with a thesis because back home, like to validate, you need to have like a thesis or the dissertation, whatever you want to call it there. Uh, but then, I mean, it would be too complicated and being really honest, like, Research is, I, I, I use research a lot. I read research a lot, but doing research is not much my thing. There's a lot involved there that like, it's not, it, it doesn't attract me. So it will not be something that I would be willing to do. So I dropped the thesis, ended up being a, a non-thesis master's degree. Yeah. Right. Now the, the process in America is that if you get accepted into a GA program through um, one of the athletic programs, did they end up, do Auburn University end up paying for your degree? They did. Yeah, you, you did. <laughs> so it is a, a, a full tuition, right? And you stipend with that. So which in, in Auburn, like I remember, I think that that time was like $10,000 a year. And then I think on the second year, I asked you for a little raise. And then like it helped because Auburn it was cheap. So it was easy. But like, I, I just needed a little bit more because I was cutting in very close and asking money to, for my mom almost every other month. So the little more helped. And then, so yeah, that was basically it. So in order to stay in America, then you were using this student visa because you're studying mm -hmm. full time, right? So yeah. So what happened was like, once you're done, like, so yeah, cause I did the masters and everything and then finishing in, in August, 2017. And then once you're done on a student visa, you can go to something that's called like the OPT, which is optional practical training, that you can work with anything related to the degree that you got. So I got a degree in exercise science, anything swimming, it's related to that degree. And then because it was, it's under the stand because it's a science degree, like you, you can extend that for other two years. So I stayed on a student visa for pretty much three, almost three years, no, five years, almost the whole, I got my green card a year ago. So since, oh, wow. since March, 2015, up to, up to a year ago, it was, it was a, a student visa. So, yeah. Wow. It's complex, but, um, it was worth it. <laughs> worth it. How old were you when you started this process? How old was that? Yeah. So, well, November, 2014, I was 26. I got in Auburn three days before my 27th birthday. Okay, so, so you're, you're you're young, you know, you know, you're not 21, 22, and just trying to establish yourself. You'd already been a coach, mm -hmm. you'd already already gone through all the necessary mm -hmm. requirements to be a top level coach. So mm -hmm. this is a big move to come to America and study and living be living off ten thousand dollars a year. It's a pretty yeah. big commitment too. It was, it was, and then yeah, when I I I, I said like I, I was a couple steps back to a thousand steps forward because yes like I, I left brazil i had maybe at the time maybe like 15 national medals as a coach and i was coaching on the national level for like i would say maybe like almost nine years um, yeah almost seven years or something because i started coaching pretty young like different different here like every 16 year old coach like a uh a summer, a summer team or something like that back home is not how it works you gotta have a physical education degree to work and everything and then i went a little bit against the grain like I, I started coaching when I was 18 so I got there like with nine years of coaching already like on my back and then it, it going in to be like a GA which is not the bottom of the food chain but like you more of a helper like you you help the team more than actually like you're not on deck you're not doing anything but like it's it, it, it was a couple steps back but like it showed me it, it showed me the business that I, I think I, I remember talking this to you because like yeah, making people swim fast, I already knew, but like the the the, the backstage of, of the, the the business, I didn't know that. So I learned a lot during those two years. And to do what I do today, like it's I, I would not be able to do what I do today if it wasn't those two years as a GA there. Yeah, I mean it's 
it's incredible the way that you did it, but it's it, it just goes to show you what you can do. Like, look where you are now. You've got this uh, Georgia Tech symbol on your shirt. You've been an assistant coach there for a few years now. We'll get into that, but it's 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 such a path, you know, from where you started to where you are now and then where you could possibly be in 10 years from now. Who knows that? Yeah. But, you know, I, you know I, I like to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot and a mm -hmm. lot of my inspiration has come from his podcast. And I was listening to him yesterday and um, he was talking about comedians who start basically as bartenders mm -hmm. and end up, you know, being headline um, comedians at, you know, some of the top, um, you know, stadiums and things like this. You know, it's incredible to see their progression from where they started to where they are now. And, and it really takes me back to your story in terms of, like you said, taking a few steps back to take a thousand steps forward in this process. When you were a GA at Auburn, what are what are things that you learned about the business that you you really didn't know beforehand? <laughs> it's it was not only the business; it was a lot the culture too, like um, the American culture in the sport too. You know, like from 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 like managing the travel to khaki pants. You know, like all that all that kind of stuff. That like it's not coming back home. So. It was really important to know, like, to, the professionalism and, like, even the way to dress, the way to address things, and then all the way to, like, how to, to prepare and, and, and manage a trip for, like, 40, no, for how many we had? Like, SCTs, we used to go, like, with 70, I mean, it was yeah. 60 people, something like that, including staff and whatever, mm -hmm. you know? So it was it was those type of things that were, it were very, very important. And then... I give like here and there. I text Stephanie Tuvi, which was the director of operations at the time, that was direct directly above me. And then I'm really grateful for for all the butt heads that we had at the time. And nowadays, like really good friends. But like it was, she, she put me on in line. You know, she the stuff that I, I of course, like I, I was a little bit older already, like with some professional experience before. And then in my head, it doesn't make sense. Like why are we doing this? And then she said, like, culturally and everything, this is how we do things here. And then it was very important to learn that, you know, like to to pay attention to those things. And even like going to like nowadays to recruiting, how we did, like how we we did our recruiting weekends there, how we interact with, with, the, with the athletes there. What are the things that like you want to look for? I picked on those things, too. There's something there's stuff that I use nowadays as well, you know, like so it was it's, it's hard to pinpoint one thing because there were so many things and then. It's it's basically the everything that I do now that is outside of the pool deck came from from those two years there. But it is incredible how much detail and how much work goes in off the pool deck, right? A lot of times we think of ourselves as coaches and we love to mm -hmm. call ourselves coaches, but there's so much management that goes into a big a big program like Georgia Tech right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you guys have. Uh, a men's and women's program. You have a head coach, assistant coach, diving coach. Mm -hmm. You have managers, I'm sure. Uh, and then, and then you have now you have um, some athletes that have finished their degree, and you would call them kind of professional athletes mm -hmm. that are around training for the Olympic Games as well. So it's it's all inclusive. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And then, I mean, and and take take making the machine run like it's it's like again. Fast swimming, I think, is the easiest part of the job technically because, because like, this is like what we do and what we have the passion to do and everything. But like, the the business, the bureaucratic bureaucratic part of it, and then the co compliance and all the kind of stuff that you gotta be on top of all the time. Those little pieces are like are are, are the things that that I had to learn pretty well because like we don't have this back home. You know, like the system doesn't work like this back home. It's it's different. Like there's you. You, you basically walk in, you coach your people, and you walk out. And then there's someone that will do the travel, there, like, when needed, if needed, because there's no team travel most of the times. So like, people pay for the travels or something. And then there's someone that will deal with equipment. There's someone that will do anything. You just walk in, coach, walk out. That's pretty much it. So. Now, were, were there people back home at the time of the decision who were like, you're crazy. Like, why would you do something like that? Uh, yes, but uh, in terms of, like, you're crazy, but, but I admire your courage most of the times. Right. You know, it was not that many people like I don't think you should go because a lot of people back home, like especially in Rio, because swimming in Rio was, was starting to go down a little bit. People went out of there and then I knew 
to my goal, my personal goal, that's to put someone on the games that eventually when they make make to go to the games as a coach, like I might, the chances for me to doing that there, I might have like get out of the profession before that happening. So a lot of people say like, dude, like it's, I cannot do it, but I admire your, your courage. You know, I admire you, you trying to, you going after your goals. So that's basically what the majority of people were saying, but family was like, everybody was super excited. So we're like, it's more like the friends were more like this. And what were the challenges of actually doing the degree itself? Were, was that tough at the time? The language in the beginning was a little bit because like, I mean, I was out of school at that time for like, I, I graduated in, in college in 2009. So this, I was back in August, 2015. So it was like pretty much six years right. out of school. And then you go to study something in a different language. So, it, and I mean, my, my English was okay at a time. Like it's better now since I, I met Kat and like I married an American. So it was pretty like, bad. Your English was bad. It was, yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember like you had a hard time understanding me to say uh, uh, Fahrenheit. <laughs> you could not understand what I was saying. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it it was rough, and then it was it was hard in the beginning. It was I remember like used to my my forehead used to be sore. There's like 15 minutes of you like with this expression, like what the hell are they talking about? You know, like and then you left, you leave the class, you're like, what's going on? And then you. So it, that was tough. The language was tough in the beginning, and then ma manage the at at some points manage the the workload with the team plus the workload with the with with the academics was a bit tough at some points. You know, like they, they, I have sometimes I like I struggle with that a little bit, but like it, it went by. But there were some other classes too that was like really really easy. So it was not. It it, it was there was tough times, but it was not overall that bad what are you proud of when you look back on that experience just in those few years what what are you most proud of about yourself that i made out of it because <laughs> i could have i, I could have give up like the, the 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 one year mark was tough it was really 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 tough why tell me tell me why I, it's just like for being away from the family and then like and the, the biggest thing was like when i got there there was still uh like the science with no borders program from the Brazilian government was working. So there was like 150 Brazilians in Auburn and then there was a big community and everything. So, and I, then my first month I was like completely alone there, just had like you guys and like some of the, the pros that were there with the team. But like, and when I, I met the Brazilians and then, but in December of 2015, the program was shut down. So everybody was gone. Mm. So, a majority of my friends were gone and then the people that were like americans or, or other foreigners that were studying at university that i connect with the majority of them were seniors so they were also graduating and leaving in march and all that kind of stuff so when it came march 2016 there was barely alone again it, it was it was rough it was very rough because like and i'm a very social person like I, i'm like i make friends very easy but like I, it, it was just like seeing everybody leaving and then I was alone again. It, 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 that was a, the toughest part for me. So get, getting out of that, kind of like being able to, to, to survive, like quote unquote, survive that, 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 that situation kind of, it, it makes me like, yeah, like I, I made it out. And then now like, I mean, just the path itself, like to, like I said, coming in steps back, like being a GA that I did, like from like equipment inventory to cleaning golf carts up to like, be where I'm at right now, and then like the achievements that I got right now, like the the, the whole path it's, itself, like kind of like makes me makes me happy and 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 proud, and makes me emotional too. Like it takes like it 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 takes a little bit. Like I need to control because it's when I start crying again because I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> but just like yeah, it, it mostly the path. But that's the thing, right? Like I think part of it is, like you said, starting from the bottom. They call it the bottom or what have you. But it's basically you're you're doing the grunt work. You're in there, like you said, cleaning golf carts. You're you're trying to do whatever you can to enhance the program. And I think there's a requirement as well that comes with, you know, getting this education from the university where they're paying for your degree. There's an expectation that you you're supposed to work so many hours, right? I think. Um, yeah. You know, like you were four hours a day, something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like uh, is that tw 20 hours a week? That's what it was. 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week. Yeah. We, we kept you to 20 hours for sure. Right. 
<laughs> a, few, a few more maybe but um yeah i mean you're you're learning everything and i think that's part of the experience is to say like yeah this is going to be a tough few years i'm studying mm -hmm. um and i'm i'm in this organization where i'm basically just doing the grunt work and uh and if you can make it out of that i think there's an amazing light at the end of the tunnel so mm -hmm. yeah. did, did you end up meeting your future wife at auburn yes i met she was uh she was in vet school there at the time so so yeah th that's how we met and we actually met through tinder though because <laughs> we were too old for the city so technically because like the average age in auburn is like 21 years old mm -hmm. and then she's like a year younger than me so cat cat will be 32 the, in two months so and i'm 33 so we met through there yeah and then like i mean we we, we move in together in auburn seal and then we start making the plans out of there wow that's yeah. amazing. So when you actually do finish your degree, what happens after that? Then I start applying for jobs and <laughs> it was, it was kind of like, so that, that whole, it, so I did my first job application. So I graduated in August, 2017, and I did my first job application in probably February, 2017. And then looking back now, what I see, like I did a total of, 36 job applications that year where four were for club and 32 for colleges. I got out of the 36, I got three phone interviews, no, four phone interviews, and then one in-person interview with a college and one in-person interview with a club. So I ended up going to Team Greenville, This, but this was just in January. So what happened was I graduated and then through the process of applying for jobs and everything, I start working with your Palaka swim team. Right. And still being a volunteer with you guys. Like I, I went back to be a volunteer assistant coach. And that's when I work with Sergio a lot for uh with the pros. Dad and like I have a pretty good work with Marcel at the time because it was like three breaststrokers and one freestyler on that group. So I used to stay with Marcel a good amount of time. Sure. Then, yes, yeah, with Cherry. So yeah, and then Ended up going to Santa Clara with him was awesome. Like it was a good experience to work with those group of guys, that group of guys. And then I was yeah, work working with the Opelika swim team, it, it, which was an awesome experience too. Like, like because they always had like just rotate a revolving door of coaches. There were people that were at university, like just like coming as a part time to being coaches. And then for the first time, they had someone that like, yeah, this is what I wanted to do for my life. I want to be a coach. They knew it would be temporary because I was looking for something bigger. Right. Like, but it, 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 the feedback that I got from them, from them, and to this day, like a lot of like the the, the parents on that team still talk to me, still text me, and then it's 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 kind of cool the impact that they caused there, and and then I was happy with that. And then I went to Team Greenville in January 2018. South Carolina. Like, yes, in South Carolina, which right. was like. An amazing experience because the deck there was a true like a team with structure a lot of people like we had like 270 athletes uh, kids kids or something like that and then i coached there the the, the top 11 12 and the top 13 14 blend with the second tier 15 16. who was the person that actually gave you the job was carl kaziki yeah which is a very very good friend now like he he's the head coach there at the time the, the he's still the head coach there and then we we at least once a month we have an hour conversation on the phone because oh. like we just like catch up and everything so uh yeah he he, he was the one who, who gave me the job there like he liked the resume like my energy and everything and then i stayed there for a year and a half and it, it was it was awesome man like i mean I, it's the same thing like the, the impact and and then it, it the, the cool thing with working the clubs here because whether you want or not like there is a little bit like of like, yeah, you were a foreigner, like your culture is different. So do I need to adapt to the culture like completely or I can still bring some of my essence in? And then I, I, I did a bit of both and bring a bit, a bit of my essence, like the way to talk to people, the way to to care about people. And then that made a huge impact like that. That made like I and, and I'm saying this not because I think it is. It's, it's, it's the feedback I got from the parents, you know, like it's just. Uh, that's what I heard from from the parents. So that that's that's the, the priceless part of the job, you know. When you get the 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 like the recognition and, and it, without asking for it.
Right. Yeah. Well, good for him for taking a chance on, you know, mm -hmm. foreign coach yeah. with, with very little experience uh, in the U.S. at mm -hmm. least anyway, uh, and, and giving you a start there. And that start was was priceless in, in terms of your your next step. I mean, um, yeah. I, what was the what was the feedback that you were getting from college coaches at the time? Why why weren't they prepared to take uh, a shot at you? I, I Brad, I'll tell you, I, I I wish I knew, you know, like I because like what do you I think had, it was? Do you think I, it was lack of maybe recruiting experience that they were afraid? I of? guess I guess that's what that's what people were, were, were more afraid of, you know, like it's like when they see, yeah, you you were a volunteer in Auburn and everything, but like when they see like one a foreigner like that like didn't i didn't swim in college i was and just for that i was a terrible swimmer so uh didn't swim in college and everything so didn't have their experience and then uh i mean i i think that was one of the biggest thing and then the, the only feedback like true feedback that i got from one of the jobs is like my resume looked more like i was a, a breaststroke coach which was i mean i was lucky enough to have good breaststrokers in my hand it was not that like I developed them like they were good breaststrokers, and I make them faster. That's fine, but like who were the breaststrokers that you had on the list? Uh, this was back home. Uh, it was, I mean, most of my medals with breaststrokes, uh, and like my first national medal as a coach was in a 200 breaststroke, and then I coached other two girls that like in a span of like three years medal, never seen 100, 200 breaststroke back home. Right. But again, they were talent, you know, like that. And then I was given the breaststroke group in one of the clubs that I worked, you yeah. know. So and, and then and here like they start labeling you with that. And then by the end of the day, like I'm a swim coach, you know, like my my brain works about the sport, not about the event. So, and and that's one of the things that I think it, it, it hit the most. And then, I mean, for, for Carl there, like he saw the experience, he saw that like the background as a club in Brazil, that was something that he took the risk for too, you know. So I I think that's the the, the bare truth. Is like people were not willing to take the risk. Right. So then you, you're there for a year and a half, and obviously you want to get into college. So how did you end up at Georgia Tech? <laughs> Pretty much the same way I ended up in the U.S., I asked. <laughs> so, Never so, been asked, okay? That's good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I go I go by the mantra, like, you already have the no. You know, the, the only thing that might happen is, is you're going to keep the no. So one day I walk on the pool deck, uh, it was already during the summer, and then I see the tall lady on the other side of the, the pool deck. I said, like, oh, I think I know who she is. And then ring the bell. Yeah, it's Courtney Shirley Hart. And then she was recruiting at Team Greenville. And then I talked to her a little bit and then, like, just introduced myself. And we were talking because she had already Kyle and Rod here, like two Brazilians on the team. And we we're talking about Brazilian recruiting and all that kind of stuff. And then she was talking about the program. And then she, she mentioned that she had, she they just got the fifth position. This was 2019. She just got the fifth, posi fifth position accepted, and then I, that stayed on my head. And then she leaves and everything. I got her phone number because of like a, a one of the Brazilian kid that was trying to find a college in the U.S. and everything. And then that stuck in my head, and I'm like, I mean, this might might be a sign, you know. And then I I walked away with practice that day, and I and I got home and I talked to Kat, my wife. I said like, she was there saying like I had a position and everything. I said, what she what do you think? And then she was like. Go ahead. I mean, there's nothing to lose. So I text Courtney. Say like, hey, you mentioned like you, you had a position open. Like I'm, I'm interested. And then, was a month after, because that position she already was pretty far along in the process. And then a month after, they had a coach leave, and then she texted me back. She's like, hey, um, I, I wanted to get on the phone with you because I have a position open here, and I want to see if you're interested. And then, heart pounding and everything because, <laughs> I. Have, I knew what that meant, you know? So, and then I was, and then I got on the phone with her. She's like, I want to bring it out for the interview. But like I had uh, zone championship and NCSAs back to back. So was two, I would talk on the phone. It was two weeks. I went to Indianapolis for NCSAs. And then the same night I drove back from Indianapolis, got my car in Greenville and drove to Atlanta for the interview on the next day. And then it, it happened. I mean, Stayed in a hotel here, woke up at five in the morning, like nervous, like for the interview and everything. But like it happened, but because I asked. Wow, that's 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 a cool <laughs> part of the story too, man. That I didn't yeah. really know all the details to that as well. But you know, and, and, and of course, like like she, she contacted you, contacted Ozzy and, and right. Tyler and everything, but like you guys are also part of 
that process to happen. But like, I asked, that was that was the main thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that, I mean, she did her due diligence after, you know, the the interest, and then you know, I told her that you're you're a hard worker, you're a smart coach, and I just gave her the truth, and and it ended up being a situation where now you're at one of the the top schools in the country, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible story. <laughs> Thinking back to where you and I were back in Brazil at this coach's clinic. And now here you are living out your dream, man, of, of yeah. coaching in college. It's a long road, but it's certainly one that is doable. And, th and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show today is to kind of set out the path of like, mm -hmm. you know, this, this can be done. Um, mm -hmm. But, but it's not an easy road. And I think one of the things that's really impressive about you is just you never gave up on your, your dream. You know, it was always like, this is what I see for myself. Mm -hmm. And while doors may not be opening right now, eventually something's going to open if I keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. And uh, and that's really what happened in the end, hey? Yeah. I mean, it, it truly keep knocking on the doors. That's why I got the majority of the things. I just knock and sometimes it opens for sure. Yes. And then. And, yeah, and, and I think one of the biggest thing is like, I know it's semantics, but like for me, I, I change. In the beginning, I used to say that was a dream. And then I, I changed it to, to start saying that it was a goal, you know, because like you, you got to work for, for to, to achieve a goal, you know, a, a dream you can sleep and it, it will happen. But like I, you got to work for achieve the goal. And then I, right. th th that's how, how I start approaching like uh, after the year one that, that was hard the hard part like i changed some some mindsets and th that, that made a difference you know and then it, it, and then stop saying sacrifice and start saying choices and then and stop saying dreams start saying go and th those little things kept me pushing and then made me really resilient like in terms of like i mean i cannot complain about it i chose this you know like i, I cannot i cannot be mad about it like it like it's part of the process. So those little things, it, it helps to, to keep you moving forward because th th there will be a thousand obstacles on the way for sure. Like, and stuff that like, if you sit like and, and, and whine about it or, or simmer on it, like you're going to be destroyed. Like you're going to give up. But like, I, I change it to be, to, to be on this way. So I can always keep pushing forward because I'm, I'm lucky enough to be, I, I tell this, like, I'm not, I don't have a good physical endurance. I'm not that physical, but my emotional endurance, like after some some point, like I discovered that my emotional endurance is really, really hard. So I can take a lot of the stuff and, and that's what made me keep moving forward. I think that's one of the things that make me get this far now. It's just like, I, I endure a lot of things that like, I don't know if maybe some, some people would have give up. I like that. I like that, yeah. that emotional endurance, but I like the way that you change your language too. And the way that you were speaking to yourself, um, especially that you changed it in English too. You know, you didn't change it. <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, you start using different words and it starts carrying you different places. You know, they, uh, they talk about endurance and the people that are focused on the end result uh, end up being the ones that quit first, you know, mm -hmm. the ones that focus on what's, right in front of them now what's the next step mm -hmm. what's the next day and mm -hmm. continuing to focus on the smaller goals end up being in the place that they want to be in the end mm -hmm. yeah and, and that's and that's exactly and and even now here like that's one of the things that we go that, that, that we deal with you know like like yes like we want to be on on the top of the ncaa's and all that kind of stuff but like like there's there's a path between here and there Right. So we, we, what is next? What is, it's always this, like, let, let's drop the next one, drop the next one, drop the next one, one at a time. And then eventually you get there. So, and, and that's definitely how, how, how I got here. Like I said, like, yeah, like I want to go to a college to, to, to coach in college didn't happen. Okay. Let's go back down in club. I'm going to destroy this part here. I'm going to be the best that I can be and then move to the next. Now I got here, like in a, in a power five school, exactly what I want to be. Now let's make like the, 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 the main goal. So what's your role now at Georgia Tech? Um, so now, I mean, um, I, I coach here now what we have is called the, the, the hybrid group, which is mainly the, the IMers and then 200 stroke and some 500 freestylers. So I have a couple of good people that train me. It's a very fun group to work with, a lot of like strong, hard workers. And then as of February, I became the recruit coordinator.
So I'm taking care of recruiting right now. So for this class of Both men and women? Sorry? Both men and women? Both men and women, yes. The whole the whole thing. So it's it's fun. I mean it's one it's a piece that like I I end up loving to do. And I like I said, like we talk, I didn't have the recruiting experience other than like dealing with, with recruiting on campus and stuff like this when we were in Auburn, but like when I came in here, like I, I jumped head first and then, and I, I'm just, I like people, man. I like talk to people and everything. So it, it was, it was a piece that like, I, I, I love doing, I love doing. Talk I, to me about that actually. Look, what, what does a recruiting coordinator look like at a major university? What, what do you do? Like, what's the role? Um, pr pretty much the, the, the whole, the strategy of like yeah. what, what we need, what we need to feel like what, what, what we need out of this class, like, like who want to talk to who, who is contacting who, so all, all, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm, what I'm, for example, like right now, what I'm doing, uh, I'm we we finalizing our, our class of 2022. So I, I'm picking the, the the little spots, the little the the people that we're talking to and the little that we have left to fill up, and then I'm preparing the class of 2023, picking like who is interested in us, like who is like uh, in in a has standards like th that they can swim for us, like like times good enough to swim for us and everything. So it, it's it's a bit of a labor, but like I enjoy doing it. And I and I have to sometimes turn it off my computer and get off of college swimming because like I it's it's like a video game for me. For me, I like to play in that thing and seeing the numbers, see who's getting better, and then see who we can contact and all that kind of stuff. And then my wife calls me out sometimes, say like, "Hey, can, can you can you stop doing that for a second? Because I'm sitting at home and then digging on college swimming or something like that." So yeah, never ends. Yeah, it's just, so, I, I drift away. <laughs> in terms of the kids, what is some advice you would give to them to be noticed by a school like yours? I mean, I'm of course fast swimming. It's the easiest part of it, of course, but like, uh, it, it's it's the contact, you know, like reach out like talk to us talk to whatever the school that you want to go to you know like it's how do they reach out but emails it, it's fine i mean instagram i i've been reached out by many different ways like instagram email straight up phone message like i don't I, many many different ways like but i guess i guess the easiest way now is, is always like emails it's pretty easy and then i mean your, is your email and phone number your email i'm sure but is your phone number on the website for georgia tech i'm not sure i believe it is I believe it is. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's the my, my 404 number, but like I believe it is. Right. Okay. Interesting. It definitely is. Now you also had some success just recently by qualifying your first Olympic athlete for Brazil, right? Yeah, they did. <laughs> it was it, it was maybe one of the like the the most intense emotions that I ever had in my life, for sure. Talk to me about it. What happened? Yeah. It, it was, uh, I'll be honest, like, it, we, of course, we're happy, like, like, Kyle and I, like, we made the games, like, like, when there's the second best time ever and everything, but we were not satisfied, because, like... Who we, was it? Which athlete? Sorry? Which athlete was it? Uh, Kyle Pomputis. Okay. 200 IM, -er, he's the ACC champion in 200 IM, and ACC record, record holder in the 200 breaststroke. So we we went in with a fair shot of making three events and we, we made one. Uh, so it's it's a bit frustrating there, but like th that apart, like now we made in, we have the 200 IM and then we're gonna like work hard enough to to be a top contender on that race for sure. Because like, I mean, it, you, you, you don't go to the games to participate. You go to the games to, to make something. So, yeah, and then the frustration, it, it, the, the whole thing was like, the it started with 100 breasts on the first day, and then he swam well, but like the, we know that that one was a fair shot because the 100 breasts in Brazil, it's it's just like an insane fast race. And then, but it was a good race. And then the 200 breaststroke, he was on track to, to swim under the cut up to the 175, and then it hit it hard on the last 25, and then it was a bit off of the the time and then it, it was frustrating but like we would turn around the next day and then swim lights out in the 200 im and then qualified like more than a second under the, the the cut and then it's it's coming in with like inside the top 15 in the world right now so it's 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 a fair shot so that's what we were going to work for now 
What, what's your advice? Uh, what did you do coaching-wise when you have that disappointment the day before and then you know one of your top events is coming up the next day and that's one of your last chances to qualify for the Olympic Games? Like, what do you do in that situation? It's it's. I'll, I'll be really honest, but I think it's it's more like just like get up, shake it off, onto the next. You know, like one at a time. You gotta be one at a time, and then it doesn't mean be led by you initially, right? Like as a coach, you you want them to express the same emotions and feelings mm. you know, that that. So you're projecting that onto them. It's like, hey, let's take this off, right? Yeah, exactly. And and it was exactly what what happened. Like. We, we were okay with the 100 breaststroke, especially because there was some, like, weather conditions there that didn't help. The 200 breaststroke was right before the 200 IM. It, it was it was a little a bit of an impact. And then we, we did grief that a little bit there. Like, we, we, we did, like, yeah, like, I mean, got upset at it. But, like, the next morning, it, it, was, it, it was a different day, you know? Like, and we got in, and then, like, we put the strategy in. Kyle put the strategy. He want to be on lane one. To be able to see the whole field and everything, and then that happened in, at night, and then in the morning, and then we went for the finals at night. Like the the mindset was like nobody's taking this away from me, not even myself. And then he he did it, and that, that's that's kind of like where, where we put it on. And then it it happens. It's mainly kind of like you. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to grief to to grief like something that happened. But you cannot leave like you cannot simmer on that because that's that will definitely like drag the rest of you, your 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 meat down and potentially your whole career depending on who it is because like you didn't make the games that once and then you're gonna be upset for the rest of your life with that thing and then what's next you'll be done so it's it you, you gotta put like a deadline on your on your on your upsetness let's put this way you know now this is his first Olympics yes it is his first Olympics wow that's awesome now yes. I, I haven't selected the coaching staff yet are you a consideration for that uh most likely not because uh one like that there was some uh uh they, they had something i think they called like the, the the large list that you had to send to to the to the committee and then they didn't include my name there for whatever reason i think it went just like a notice or something and then uh and i guess like they're only taking four coaches so it would be the top four uh whatever the rankings that they're going to take out of there. And then Kyle, I think, is sitting at sixth right now between the, the Brazilians. So most likely I, I will not be going, which I'll, I'll be I'll be really honest. Like I was kind of like in, in the first couple of days, I was kind of like, man, like that sucks. But like it went, it, I went back. It was funny because I went back to my letter of intent to my to, to, to the master's degree. And what I say there on the my letter of intent is like, it's not that I want to go to the games. I want to take people to the games. I want to put people in the games. And then after reading that again, like the, from five years ago, I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. So it's not for me. You know, it doesn't matter if, if I'm going to the games or not, what matters is like, what are he going to take out of it? Cause hopefully I will coach for the last day of my life. So I can, I'll have other opportunities. I mean, maybe may, for him, this is the first one. And then he'll have at some point he'll have to stop swimming because everybody everybody stops one day. Right. So it's for them. It's not for me. All right. That's that's another good way to look at it too because you're going to have many more to come from this. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about Georgia Tech just quickly. Then, um, what is it about the school that you love that is attractive that you think you guys can break into the top ten in the country? Mm -hmm. Uh. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's the given, right? Kind of like like the academics, like Atlanta and all that kind of. This is a given. Like this is it's it's here. Like it doesn't matter what you do, it will always be here. For us and for me personally, like the main thing for me here, and then it's something that's like I, I don't want to be anywhere now anywhere else because like we the coaching staff here, we are truly good friends with each other. Like we are a family to each other. We do, uh, uh like hang out at each other's houses and, and go to breakfast and stuff like that. So this is something that like, it, it, it makes the whole difference for us as coaches and does, it, it does pass along to the team because people see that there's no way, like they see the interaction, you know, so they see that it's for real. So, and with that, like the energy that we have here, like that we do, like, I mean, Courtney's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Mike has been in Pimpac teams and everything. So we are like we're competitive, like we're really, really competitive, you know. So 
it's coming along like the recruiting is it's it's getting a little better we're getting more better recruits and everything like we have uh uh we have incoming freshmen that already qualify for the games coming in on, on this next class and all that kind of stuff so this will, will help to to pull it up and, and it's been happening like we we jump from 24th in 2019 to 21st this this ncaa is now the women finish on the on uh, 28th which is the highest uh finish ever for the school so it's coming along little by little and and it's mainly i think it goes mainly by the coaching staff and the and, and the people that are here you know yeah. by, the end, by the end of the day like it's i i believe it's all about the people you know as long as you're happy like he and of course like the training and everything makes makes the difference but like if you're not doing anything outrageous in the water like that that doesn't make sense or something if you're happy you'll be fine like you swim fast you know and that's one of the things that like we here we always looking for is, is to make sure that we understand the athletes on their second step on the pool deck if there's a good or a bad day if they can do something or not so to have that connection the personal connection with everybody on the team. Awesome, man. I love it. Well, listen, Chico, I appreciate you being the first guest on my new platform. Still working out the the uh, intricacies of this thing, but uh, we'll get it going. But uh, listen, you got an incredible story, and it's only the beginning. It's not the end. We, we're only just getting going on this thing. So um, you're an inspiration to a lot of other foreign coaches that see themselves coming to America one day and starting a life here. So um, thanks for being on the show today, man. I, I appreciate you, man. And then if one day I, I get far, like super far in my career or something, I want everybody to know that like a lot, a lot of it is thanks to you. And I appreciate all you give, all, all the opportunities you gave me. And then I appreciate being here today. It was awesome. It was a great conversation, man. Well, listen, man, you've said that to me multiple times and I appreciate it every time, but, um, you know, it, a lot of this is due to you. So um, congrats, man, and keep up the good work, all right? Thank you, brother. <laughs> all right, see you, bud. See yeah. I'm giving away not one but two Swim Nerd pace clocks on the first night of U.S. Olympic trials. Find the link in the show notes to enter.